again to another evening. I'm Danny. You can find me over on Instagram as at Blotted Ink Books. And for this episode, I am joined by Hannah Lynn, who's the author of Queens of Themyscira. Themyscira. <laughs> I have no idea if I'm saying it right. Um, I'm gonna just I'm gonna trust in her and the pronunciation. Um, but yes, the rise and fall of the Amazons. It is the third in a series that she has been writing. Um, and honestly, Amazons, I mean, is there anything we want to read about more? If you love Greek mythology, you love the strong female characters of Greek mythology, I mean, the Amazons are the absolute quintessential feminist badass warriors. Um, this is what we, we want to read. I'm really excited to chat with her all about the novel, all about what she's got coming up next, and of course, all about her novel evening. A huge hello to Hannah. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for taking time out of what sounds like already a pretty busy summer holiday to come and chat with me. <laughs> it's like day one, isn't it? They're, they're always a little bit crazy, aren't they? But uh, it's fun. They are. My kid literally just finished school today, so I'm not even in the trenches yet. Oh, wow. We we finished on Thursday after dance festival. So, yeah, we've started now. Um, And this is our first year of, like, juggling all the writing and the childcare and trying to have fun and holidays and still get books released which all the fun stuff right all the fun stuff yeah exactly (laughs) I mean that's why the summer holidays are here they're just here to test us really for six weeks (laughs) to see just how much we've actually learned as parents (laughs) I could believe that yeah definitely so you're here to chat all about your novel the queens of Themyscira (laughs) yeah practice that and I am very intrigued to know where this idea came from so obviously it's all about the Amazons which we've now become more familiar with in mainstream I'm guessing from Wonder Woman features a lot of the characters there's been a lot more sort of novels about Troy and things which features some of the Amazonian characters but where did this idea start for you? I think like you said it's just there are so many little bits of them there's so many little bits and like, you know, there's with Penthesilea and her, her cleansing in um, with um, Priam in Troy. And it's just like, you know, I was talking to someone, I was like, well, why did that happen? Where did that happen from? And it's like, oh, well, it could be this or it could be this or, you know, people aren't sure about that. And it's like, there was no cohesive story that took them all the way through, you know, their timeline of these queens. So there were all these little bits and nothing cohesive about them. And they're so incredible. Um, And so much of what we know about them is true. You know, there's the myths things, but these female warrior tribes are not myths. They are not myths. They are incredible. And so it's like, no, I, I need them to have a story of their own. I need them to stop being a subplot you know, in, in somebody else's because they are completely worthy of their own, of their own place. So it was like, and I, I loved them. Like the more, the more I delved into them, the more I just loved these women. Like, yeah, crazy. And that's the thing, when you're a writer, if a book isn't out there that you want to read, then there's only one solution, right? It, exactly. Yeah. Got to write it. <laughs> yeah. You've got to get it done. I'm guessing then research wise, I mean, was it a real kind of rabbit hole of research? Where did you kind of even begin? 
so yeah absolutely and it's so difficult with the writing mythology because there are so many different versions mm-hmm. and the version you pick will always upset somebody yes, like, yeah. <laughs> it will it will always be the wrong version so I you know went for okay which is the most commonly occurring themes mm-hmm. and which ones make sense together for the factual parts of it, because there is a lot of factual, um, Adrian Mayer is a professor, and I want to say at Harvard, she is the number one Amazon. Wow. Knows everything about them. She has written a book called The Amazons, which has the facts versus fiction about the um, the Amazon women. So when I started writing and I found this, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, she's my number one go-to. And I sort of wrote a very sort of, deep thanks in the back of my book having never been in contact with this lady um, and then have been fortunate enough to get in contact and send her my book and she's reading it at the minute which is I'm terrified of what she thinks <laughs> oh that's incredibly cool though what, um, what a but so those kind of things like to really go with what the facts were but then sometimes the facts just also didn't fit in with what would make a great sort of immersive impulsive read um and that's that was a struggle as well because um my husband works and he was some editing with me developmental editing and he'd be like you know I think this would work better I'm like but Adrian says that it's this way and I was sort of very trying to stick to everything that actually the Amazons did like as truthfully and faithfully as I could and sometimes I couldn't sometimes I had to go okay that battle is not being a month long siege and the battle of Athens like they made that into a a shorter one um because it just didn't work with the story but yeah where possible I really tried to to stick to the truth in the sort of women it's the balance of fact and fiction isn't it when you're writing you know historical fiction mythology it's trying to find that balance between entertainment and fact yes and I think I think all historical fiction authors take some artistic license don't they you have to you you do have to it's it's yeah it is it's finding that that line that you really you know if it could all be truth great but then it wouldn't be the fiction part so um yeah you obviously sound really passionate about this project as well and have you always been interested in kind of mythology and history so I always have um my first memory of mythology is going to Crete um with my family as a small child and me asking them about my the minotaur and my brother saying yes it does still exist but it only um eats girls of course Um, so when I was you know about four five and I really that's really stuck with me as like my own word oh no um and then um a few years ago now five six years ago um I saw read for the first time about the origin story of Medusa which I had no idea about and I was like hold on I I feel like I know a fair bit about myths so how did I not know this how did I not know that I'm like right that story like you said, if it's not out there, it needs to be written. And it's so uh, that was when I wrote uh, Athena's Child. And yeah. then after that, I was, yeah, just incredibly hooked, really. And just, you know, it's so addictive. <laughs> there are just yeah. endless stories and they're all so fascinating. And 
yeah it's so easy to lose yourself in the yeah there's a reason why these stories are told and retold and modernized and you know there's a good reason for that because they have themes that will you know are eternal yeah absolutely absolutely all of the themes said particularly like I often get oh you're doing a feminist retelling I'm like I'm not doing a feminist retelling I'm putting women where they should be in the story they were always in the story and it's like yeah I really I get cross with that I had like for one interview why do you feel the need to you know make these these feminist retellings I'm like it's not feminist it's just their voice should be heard as much as the others like oh and they are stories literally the story of medusa the story of medea the story of they're literally but they're not they're told from the male perspective all the time yeah and so it's 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 not and and particularly in all of them okay in athena's child there is one one particular male character who does not come across um, no no (laughs) well um but actually the others do yeah you know priam and hector and aegeus you know, those male characters, you know, I'm not going at them, you know, in a male hating, Yes. you know, there's, there's that one character in Athena's child again. Um, you know, Athena is as much a problem there, you know, there's the, the female all the way through. It's just, again, finding the balance and going, no, this, this has more than one perspective and we need to stop looking at it from one point of view. It's also that men and women are complex people are complex so you know I don't think it's a straightforward thing well you know you're making men look bad well actually all of the characters are complex and have you know goods and bad facets of their personality I find that so bizarre when that's how it's it's taken yeah for sure it's it's very odd but obviously you have a passion with mythology what is next for you will you be working on something that is another myth so I I am um I've got I've got my two two next myths are um are in the pipeline <gasps> that's exciting um, so yes i am doing a retelling of persephone well demeter actually that is my favorite that's my favorite that their stories is, is really beautiful so um yes and i have really i get these moments every now and again where i'm writing where i'm like oh yes oh <laughs> yes and i like that's what's Oh, because obviously so much of the story is there for you, but so much is not there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't get the sort of the intricacies of the relationships. You don't sort of, you know, see the bits you're not told about and filling those in. And that's, you know, Persephone as well. There's so little about core, about, you know, maybe there's just, there's not. So actually getting to develop this character from what we have, it's, I love it. Oh, it's so, fantastic. And um, you get to find their voice as well. And every voice that someone finds is unique. I, exactly. And I'm not going to leave the Amazons as well. Um, I am coming, like I am fully Amazon in love. And um, I think there will be an Origins, the rise of the Amazons, the first Amazon oh. um, will be coming around. I don't so think I've ever read anything is. about that. I don't think I've ever read a novel that's about the the starts of the amazons that would be incredibly cool it sounds like big projects in the pipeline so, oh yeah they they are <laughs> they are they are monsters um but exciting so i'm i'm thinking now for your evening i could be wrong but i'm thinking maybe there's gonna be some mythological icons coming possibly i could be wrong 
Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought. I, do you know, I'd automatically gone for the writers. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Auto- oh, but now you've said it, it's like, how could I not have Penthesilea? Like, how could I not? Like, that would just You're be. thinking party as well. And, you know, they're, they're, you know. Yeah, you have Dionysus in it. I feel it'd all just go, you know, there'd just be too much drink, wouldn't there? They can hold their liquor. Yeah. You have any of the Greek gods, like, going to end up going badly isn't Always. it a war like, will start and it just wouldn't be fun it just wouldn't it wouldn't like it's nice in theory to have them there but they you know you put them on your invite list and go you know Zeus is going to be inappropriate, isn't he? Always, always. You can't have right. him at a party with Zeus. You can't. So or Poseidon. You can't have him. You know, you can't have Hera because she'll be too busy stressing about what Zeus is doing. You know, you nobody wants have- Aphrodite at a party. Like no one wants that. <laughs> or and Helen of Troy for that matter. Who wants him? her turning up? <laughs> horrendous so uh, no i had i had stuck with writers i had stuck with like oh, that's good writers are good writers are good so to start with where will we go for your evening okay so we will go to my favorite place which is a little austrian village by the lake where oh. i live and it's surrounded by mountains and it's just you know out on one of the lawns picnics can discuss maybe have you know a few drinks out there some some nice gin and tonics with raspberries on the nearby raspberry bushes and uh perfect it was it was yeah absolutely i mean i've never been to australia i'm just picturing you know sound of music-esque do you know what the village i lived in they actually used on the opening scene (gasps) of the sound of music well there you go so you're spot on spot on so that's where that's where we're going for um i think oh i was so certain but now you've got me down the mythological view i would say that that is so olympus on earth as you're gonna get do you mean well can i can i tell you a really weird story that um that happened when i was writing amazons that when i was writing queens of themiscira because i just found this really like it's my favorite story so i was plotting this book and I'd already written a bit but I was still you know plotting and writing and and not fully in the flow but we went to a place in Jordan called Juresh and there are some old temple ruins there much later obviously but some temple ruins and when we reached there um I may have gone into a slightly artistic mood and as my husband was like oh hand your I'm like no Hippolyte I can like feel her (laughs) I can like you can't talk to me right now like I just you just can't it's just I'm I'm feeling the Amazons here right now and I really like I was just like this is just it felt like such a special place so then two nights later I'm doing more research and I'm researching the Gargarians and you know where they were from the male tribe that the Amazon women would would meet um, to copulate with each year um, and one of the places they believed could have been the home of the Gargarians was Juresh oh no way and I was like that's weird like they wouldn't have actually gone there because they met halfway between but I was like even so it's the you know ancestry is yeah. is in the, in the bloodline there so I, I did that sound like that. a much easier way to date I've got to be honest with you <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Life so, has, so much easier. I'll see you for a month, and then, uh, and then maybe next year I'll see you for a month again, or maybe I won't. 
Yeah, uh, so much easier. That's incredible though. How eerie. It was, it was a really eerie moment. So I was thinking Juresh, but no, if we're having a nice dinner, Austria Alps is, uh, Austria mountains is my, is my go-to place just to, to That relax. sounds beautiful. Okay, we've got our outdoor table set up. Who's the first person you're inviting? Neil Gaiman. Oh, you are not the first person to say, and for obvious reason, because what an imagination. I mean, just, and just listening to him speak. Like whenever he reads anything, it's just beautiful. Like, huh. yeah. So he's going to have to get a book out and do, do some readings. I think so. I think that would be the evening. It would be yeah. an evening with Neil. Just, just read to us, Neil. That's all we need from you. As we eat raspberries and drink, yeah, you know, g and Oh, he's, he's there talking to us. Perfect. So. Good choice. Good first choice. That was a good opener. <laughs> it's got to be, hasn't it? Like... <laughs> That's it now. No one else needs to come. No one. Actually, actually. So yeah, my uh, my perfect evening is me, me and Neil. And now, now we've just got to close the lid because you know. <laughs> That's it. I should leave. I'll leave this evening. <laughs> I'll just a good break. Uh, is there someone to keep me company while you two are chatting? So I think I w- I would like some mythological buddies there, and okay. Natalie Haynes would be, um like how could I not and you know I would love to meet her because she's great and funny and smart and like I would feel horrendously inferior but just look up and just be like oh you two people you know it would be amazing wouldn't it I mean she is I mean you know feminist retellings in quotes but I mean the way she wrote a thousand ships I'd never read Troy like that yeah I'd never seen or heard of it from that perspective. And you realise how much the women were there. <laughs> you realise you're like, wait a minute. It's all about women, all of it, you know. Um, I mean, a genius, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So she would have to be there. So you said you said the mythological buddies. Have you got some other mythological writers coming in? No, no, no. That was, well, uh, I did think Madeline Miller, you know. I mean... Also very, very good. <laughs> I, I, um, I f- first read her books. I was already writing mythology. And then I, then I came into hers and was like, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those ones you read it. You're like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of that. But, uh, yeah. but she's, again, just beautiful. And I think the thing I love for her is the complexity of the relationships in her books. Oh, just uh, just like you said the flawed characters that are just they're so flawed but they're so believable you know there's nothing there's nothing fake about them they're just so raw and emotive and real yeah absolutely yeah okay she's on like the the b list you know we get cancellation we can have madeline miller on, on backup so who's next who have you invited so i have also invited a friend of mine um who's just been really supportive during all of my writing, which is Louise Ross, who is LJ Ross, thriller writer. Wow. Um, just because I feel like there are all these, not that she's not, she, she is um, an incredibly successful author. Um, but I feel like I'd, I'd need to have someone that I could have a conversation with in case I'm just too scared to talk to the other people. You're too starstruck, so you need someone you know. <laughs> so, so, so that was who I had gone for as my uh, as my guest list. Um, I mean, that's to have a to have a friend there, especially a, a writer friend who's been supportive, is what it's all about, right? Yeah, 
absolutely and just that that encouragement I feel would would be needed and just like yeah okay we're, we're in this together is that your whole list? It's quite an intimate. That was that I got got. Is that is that smaller like? No, I think yeah. I like that. That's a more intimate dinner. I, I, I was all about dinner. Like, like you, you, you know what it's like. You go to dinner. If there's a table of like more than eight of you, you don't speak to half the people, do you? No. Like four four people, five people. You can speak to everyone at that dinner. That's very but, true. But if you go more than that you're going to be stuck on the end with, you know, probably the person you don't want to be stuck on the end with chatting, missing out on the good conversation happening at the other end. And I did not want that to happen. That's very true. That's very true. Um, Why is, you know, party planning? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And also, you know, not that I'm miserly, but would also cut down on the drinks bill. Like, let's be honest. Very true. I could get get nicer drinking (laughs) for the same budget. Yeah, no, you don't have to have, like, the cheap rosé. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I can go for the good stuff. They can think, oh, she's classy, you know, and it'll it'll work out well. You know the tricks. So apart from Zeus and Poseidon, is there anyone else you don't want turning up to dinner? So thought about this, obviously, thought about this. And there are a few people that fall into a clan, and they are the sort of, uh, well, you know, audio books aren't real books or you know I didn't like this you shouldn't read it you know those you know those people you know the ones yes. I mean yeah they're just like their opinion is the only opinion like I can't it's have those. yeah but it's, it's and it's just like sometimes their snobbery is just like no it's yeah. just, oh well I'm not reading this author because they're popular you're off or you know I'm not reading anything that's not this this and this you know, no you're off like just it just has to be people that accept you read what you want to read because you love yes or books books are so subjective and i said why are you sucking all the fun out of them it doesn't matter if you read the watch the film first and love the film more or you you know you read on kindle or you don't you know it doesn't matter however you enjoy that medium that's up to you. So any of those people who are like, oh, I brought up on my first edition hardback because that's the only thing I'd read. They're gone. They're not getting in. <laughs> I think, I mean, I've like, I've got a friend. I love a hardback. I own a lot of hardbacks. I love a good spread. I love a signed copy. My other friend reads exclusively on Kindle. Um, and sometimes actually I'm really jealous because she saves a lot more money than me. <laughs> and sometimes though the Kindles are expensive. Sometimes the Kindle ones, I'm like... Yeah. And they get me with the one clicks. I mean, oh, like, don't do that. Yeah, they, I can't do that anymore. It used to be on my phone. I could like buy them on my phone. It was sent it to my Kindle, and they've now stopped that, which helps because I have so many on my Kindle I've not read. Because I'm like, oh, night nine p. Oh, so is that one? That, Keep going. Mind. There, there are some authors, and it's not in that. It's just like eight ninety nine. I'm like, well, no one's seeing me press this button for the Kindle, and I'm, I might go and buy the paperback afterwards if I love it. Like, <laughs> there are. There are a few situations where my husband's like, didn't you just read this on Kindle? And then the paperback on the shelf. I'm like, did I? Did I? Yes, I did. Oh, my word. But I agree. I think book snobs, especially with this gang, are not wanted. We don't need that energy. No, absolutely not. Well, I'm loving your quaint Austrian intimate dinner party. Yeah, thank you. It's And I mean, everyone can sit out until the stars come out and, you know, wrap up warm. Yes. Big moon above the mountain. Oh, I'm now just I'm looking out my window at like Devon, wet Devon, like mm. (laughs) 
<laughs> lovely. So thank you for sharing your evening. Um, incredibly interesting. I've loved chatting to you about your books. And I have to ask, are you reading anything at the moment? I am. So um, I'm just getting to the end and I've been really lucky to um, get from the publisher Claire North's Ithaca. <gasps> the envy I just felt it deep in my soul as you said that I've seen so many beautiful, you know, images of the proof. Oh, tell me every tell me about it you deserve to feel envious you rightly feel envious I will say that like again it's just giving the voice and filling in the blanks and such humor and wit um and just comic timing in the writing as well you know with like her hera it's just it's it's fabulous it's oh, so you can get your hands on that get your hands on it because I think that is this thing actually that quite often retellings can miss as well as a little bit of the humor because actually the gods are quite ridiculous in a lot of the decisions they make and the things they do I mean yeah. even like Paris you know stealing Helen of Troy on a, you know on a bit of a whim yeah some of it is very absurd yeah yeah absolutely and she she really nails it like, and I'm one of these people who laughs loudly, out loud, embarrassingly so, like particularly if I'm on a train. Um, and <laughs> it has, yeah, it's had me full on just. Have you got anything else lined up read wise? Well, I'm also, because I also write rom-com. I don't know if you. Oh, I did not I, know this. <clears throat> yes. So I have the two, the two that I write. Oh. Um, so I'm reading The Hating Game at the minute as a, uh, so I do not read a lot of romance, um, not for any particular reason, actually, because I, I have friends who are absolutely like romance connoisseurs. Um, I read a lot of fantasy that has romance. You know, I love historical fiction with a bit of romance, but yeah. I've never really just solely picked up romance. But I know romance novels have a big following and I've got friends who have like their spice ratings for their romances. Yeah, yeah. And The Hating Game, despite being a complete novice, I saw it everywhere. Yes, they made a Netflix, you know, film yeah. of it. Something. I was like, and they made a Netflix of it. Um, but yeah, I've heard good things. Are you enjoying it? I am. I am enjoying it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I will read anything, which is why I don't write in one genre because I literally just read Man. anything that sort of grabs me as well. So um, yeah, I am. I am enjoying it. So I'm, I'm about quarter of the way through so it's like oh, okay where are we gonna where? there's something about a romance from like what I can understand and I, I have actually read some recently um because I'm interviewing I'm chatting on the podcast yeah. and it's been nice to come out of my comfort zone and although you kind of know what's gonna happen that's kind of the point of it it's kind yeah. of warming there's something like a hug about it because you're like I know this is gonna have a happy ending yeah, you know, not like a little life or Betty or something that's going to ruin your soul. You know, you know, <laughs> you're going to come out of it feeling like, and that's how that's meant to happen. Yes, and it's it's about the journey, isn't it? You know what the outcome is. What matters is the journey of how do they yeah. get there, essentially. Um, and I like writing that as well. And I find that writing in more than one genre means that I never lose my love for any of them. That's very so, very poetic. <laughs> you but you know I don't I don't ever feel I have a few friends that write in like one genre um and they can be like they need a break they need 
to just take a break and reset because it's been all this constantly and I'm like I never like that yeah like I'm just writing all these different things and I'm perfectly happy doing it and I'm always desperate to get back to the next one like at the minute I'm leaving Persephone I'm like I need to get back to her I need to get you know and and the next one yeah I'm guessing with things like thrillers you know I know a lot of thriller writers tend to very much write thrillers I can imagine after a while there's only so much death yeah you can write about before you're like "Mm, actually I need to just go and like take five yeah, I think I think so. I think that is the case. Whereas, yeah, so with you throw in a bit of bit of rom com, a bit of something else in there, and it just makes me, yeah, makes me happy. So I can keep doing it. Variety is the spice of life, right? That's exactly. you know that's the point. Well, thank you so so much. I shall let you get back to your guests, um, your real life <laughs> guests, rather than your imaginary ones. Um, but thank you. This has been an absolute pleasure. It has been really, really lovely talking to you. So thank you so much for having me on. Lucky Land Slots, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.